The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Everyday Motherhood, the podcast that inspires you to pause, connect, and play more every single day. The podcast that's focused on you, the mom, to help you fill up your cup and rediscover the joy and love in your everyday life. We can't parent alone, and mothering is too serious to be serious all the time. My name is Christy Thomas, and afterwards, go check me out at www.keepcalmmotheron.com. Let's get started. I am so excited today to welcome Kendra Hennessy. She's a home management expert and positive mother enthusiast. She is a podcast host and founder of Mother Like a Boss, where she puts a fresh modern twist on homemaking so that moms can feel confident managing their homes and their families no matter where they are in their motherhood journey. Her mission is to empower moms through no-nonsense, realistic, and simplistic changes that they can stick with. And I am a huge fan. Kendra's podcast inspired me to start my podcast. Let's jump in. I am so excited that Kendra is here. Kendra, can you say hi to everyone? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, Kendra is one of my favorite spots on Instagram. If you don't follow her on Instagram, is your Instagram handle your name or is it Mother Like a Boss? It's Mother Like, it's mother like a Boss. Okay. I always get confused because I know I feel like I know you because I'm like, oh, it's Kendra. <laughs> like Kendra's gonna go give some truth bombs. And that's why I invited her on because Kendra is all about motherhood being not a martyrdom. I think that's a big part of your message, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think that um, for me, martyrdom doesn't feel that good and I don't want to be a mommy martyr. And so I don't want to promote that. Yeah. Um, I've seen what it does to me when I do fall into that trap and it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good for my kids. So I'm really just on a mission to kind of spread spread the message that motherhood can be fun. It can, we can make fun out of motherhood instead of just always making fun of motherhood. Right. That's sort of my mission. Yeah. To get rid of the hot mess culture. Like we yeah. don't need to yeah. glorify that. No, cause it doesn't, uh, I think it start. I will say, I think that it started out with good intentions mm-hmm. because in the beginning, I think that it started out with this, uh, with this message of, of hope, like you don't have to be perfect. Uh You don't have to be this like perfect mom, this, this homemaker that, you know, has an apron on and, and heels and everything looks yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so we kind of embrace this. Hey, sometimes things are messy. Unfortunately, just like any pendulum, it sort of swung all the way to the other side. And what the hot mess mom culture, as I Uh now does is it really takes away, first of all, it takes away people's personal responsibility. And it also makes a lot of moms feel even worse because 
it's I, I equate it to imagine someone was drowning and instead of throwing them a life raft, you just like circled around them and said, I know it really sucks to drown, right? It's just motherhood's the way it is. See you later. Oh. And you like drove your boat away. Like that doesn't help someone. Instead, how about throwing them a life raft and saying, hey, oh my gosh, I know this is hard. Let me try and help you. There's a big difference between those two things. Huge, huge. And in those drowning yeah. moments, I always like remember when I've seen my kids almost drown, right? Like it's silent. Oh. Like when, if you yes. ever have that heart wrecking experience of seeing a kid go under, it's completely silent. And yeah, that's, that's what we got to keep talking about motherhood and how to reach out to other people. So that's why I follow you. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> well, I wanted to invite Kendra on to talk about journaling because I have learned a lot about motherhood mindset and a lot about how to just take time to process through writing, which is something I never would have done on my own because that feels like way too vulnerable. But then I started it because you keep showing pictures of yourself journaling. So how did you mm -hmm. start journaling, Kendra? Yeah, I I think if I look back on my life, I used to keep a diary when I was a kid. And I should say diary and journaling are two different things, mm -hmm. which I'll talk about in a second. But I always enjoy just opening up a notebook of some kind and being able to write about my day, write my thoughts down. And then as I got older, as I was a teenager, I kept a journal. Again, sometimes it was a little more diary-esque, mm -hmm. meaning that it was more of a rundown of what had happened that day. And then sometimes it wasn't. Sometimes it was more of like my thoughts on something, my feelings, um, how I was working through things, my goals. I did a lot of goal-setting journaling when I was younger and I found some of those recently which is hilarious because <laughs> when you're 36 and you look back at what you wanted when you were 16 it's really funny to kind of see like what goals you set for yourself um, but that's why I keep my journals because it's fun to look back and so as I progress, uh, progress yeah. through adulthood. I kind of fell in and out of mm -hmm. journaling for a little while. You know, you have, I had my, my daughter when I was 23 and just, I was young and things were different and I didn't even really think like journaling was all that important then. Um, but then as the years progressed, yeah. I kind of got back into it. And for me, journaling is more about uncovering yeah. parts of yourself rather than just writing down all of your thoughts. And I think what people don't realize about journaling when they go into it is they think they have to know all the answers, but the point of journaling is to find the answers. That's actually the point. You're not supposed to know everything when you start writing. You're just supposed to think about it. That's why journal prompts yeah. work so well. It's something that prompts right. a thought. And you start writing, and then as you do it, it's almost like you're uncovering it as the words are coming out. Like, oh, I didn't know that thought was in there. I didn't know I was thinking that. That's what happens with me and a lot of people that journal. Wow, that's really interesting. It's kind of like you're writing with invisible ink, the images from your yeah, brain. Like, yeah. as you write, your thoughts become untangled and unjunked, as you would say. Like, you just clean all the stuff out that you didn't know was there. Yeah, it's kind of like I've used the really disgusting analogy of like, it's like a plunger <laughs> because our minds, our minds kind of get clogged. Yeah. And if you think even if you think of a clog in a drain, it's sticky. It's, stu yeah. it's stuck there for a reason and you need something to plunge that out. And so a journal sort of, that's what it does is it takes all of those, that mass of sometimes negative or unhelpful yeah. thoughts that we have that are clogging up the pipes 
and it just unplugs them a little so that the flow of better, more helpful, I don't, I won't even say positive thoughts, right. but more helpful, more supportive mm-hmm. thoughts can, can flow through. I think that's really important because our brains are wired with this negativity bias to protect us. So if we're not yeah. actively doing something to clear them out, then it is just going to get all clogged and sticky. I think that yeah, plunger that. idea of a sticky pipe. Yeah, that's gross. But that's what our yeah. brain is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so did you, when you got back into journaling, when you were a mom, because you had your kid at 23, your daughter, so you've been a mom for a while now, you got back yeah. into journaling. How did it help shift your motherhood? Why did you stick with it when everything yeah, else is going on? That's a good question. Uh, for me, journaling is the simplest form of self-care out there. It's one of, mm-hmm. I'll say. I don't think it's the one. But it's one of the simplest forms of self-care. And while I'm journaling, I don't have to be thinking about other things. I'm, I am present with myself. And so even if it's only five mm-hmm. minutes, even if, it, if whether it's a five-minute journal uh, time that I just do in the morning or between doing other things, or it's like a half an hour because I'm giving myself like a lot of time that day. It's all about me in that moment. And every mom listening knows that uh, most time is not about you. Yep. <laughs> and we also fall into the trap of not making any time for ourselves. So not only do, do we just by the nature of being moms, we have other people to take care of, but we also don't even give ourselves that time. Any time that would be open, we automatically go to what can I do for someone else instead of what can I do for myself. And so for me, journaling is my time for me. Yeah. And it's my time to think about myself a little bit more and uh that really opens up the it opens up a world inside myself where um I can be a better person for other people because if I I, I know we've all heard that that like fill your cup so yeah. you can pour to others yeah. well the thing is that you should just have a full cup because you want one yeah. not because well now I can give to others you just you're deserving of a full cup because you're you, a human you're being. a human full stop yeah. you get a full cup exactly you just get one. Like I wouldn't tell my daughter, no. you know, well, you deserve a full cup so you can pour to other people. Nope. She just deserves a full cup. Right. She's a human being. Yeah. We don't want to pass that on to our kids. No, exactly. And yet in motherhood, it just becomes this innate thing. And a lot of it is conditioning and we're conditioned mm-hmm. to believe that. And so for journaling, it's just one small thing that I can do that is all about me. It's just in that moment. It's not about anyone else. It's just about me and my thoughts and my mindset and my beliefs and my emotions. And so I get to like, re- I, I call it reconnecting. Yeah. Like journaling is a great way to reconnect with yourself. Yeah. I think that's really important because so much as moms, when I've talked to other moms, they, they can't even tell me what their favorite TV show is or their favorite flavor of yogurt. They've forgotten parts of who they were or who they are now, right? Because they change. And journaling is a safe space to explore that. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's a great way to also unpack some of the things that may be in your head that you don't even realize. Mm-hmm. Um, so this happens a lot with me uh, when I'm journaling that I, I kind of unpacking some emotion that I'm holding on to all day long or weeks or months at a time. <laughs> Years. And then the, the journal, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly, just holding uh-huh. on to it. And uh, the journal prompt just 
sometimes can like uncover that and help me unpack some of those feelings. And, uh, and it's also good because then I can go back and reread with them, which I often do. I often will go back to like a year prior. I'll just go back in my yeah. journal and I'll go back to like a year ago and see like, Ooh, what was I thinking then? And what was I talking about then? That also helps me in my present mm-hmm. moment because I can see how far I've come. Right. I can also where I maybe have done the work that I should be doing. Like if I look and go, wow, a year ago I was dealing with the same thing. Hmm. What could I do to improve that? It's just, it's a great way again, to just unpack a lot of things that are going on. I think a big part of that is like you said, giving yourself time to just be you, to just focus on you. And yeah. so do you have a routine of when you journal? Like I know you don't really I don't know if you share about that sort of stuff, but do you have something that you do, Kendra? Yeah, I, it's changed a little bit over the years. Um, so right now I have, I have a 13 year old daughter and a seven year old son. So I'm not in the thick of like little uh-huh. babies anymore and toddlers. Um, so it's a different season. I have found that I don't ever think anything is ever is easier or harder. No. It's just different. It is, yeah. <laughs> because there are things about now that feel actually harder than they did when I had like a baby. Yep. <laughs> like, I, we have I, the same ages know. of kids. I have 13, 12, and right. 7. And yeah, there are parts of this where I look at my my sister-in-law that has a three-month-old baby and I'm just like, yeah, that was hard. But this is just, yeah, there are different harder things now with a 13-year-old. Yeah, it's hard in a different uh-huh. way. It's just like a different kind of hard. Uh, so that being said, my journal and my just my overall self-care routines right. can be a little more flexible mm-hmm. now because I don't have to I don't have to have them at the exact same time every day because I have a child that wakes up at 5 a.m. Like I did right. like three even three years ago. My son was just up in the morning, no matter what time of year it was, he was up like before the sun. And my mom actually mentioned that to me yesterday because we went for an early morning walk, just the two of us. And, uh, she's like, are the kids still sleeping? And I'm like, oh yeah, they'll be, they'll be sleeping for a couple hours. And we were reminiscing about how funny that is that just how time goes by. Uh, And then all of a sudden you have to wake your kids up when you, they used to wake you up. And now I'm like, I get, I get so much done in the mornings now because my kids are yeah it's such a different phase now we have the kids that want to stay up later than me and I'm like okay guys um (laughs) like I'm going to bed I guess you'll go to bed we'll work through this together but that's what I've told that's what I've told my kids I'm like I my husband's a night owl so he's usually up anyway so is mine I'm like listen as long as you're not waking me up just like go to bed whenever especially now that it's summer um i'm like but i i am not staying up mom mom's not staying up till 12 mom's going to bed at nine so good night yeah like <laughs> my body's gonna wake up at 5 a.m no matter what at this point so i need to go do it so i have found that especially you released these mom prompts yeah see yeah. so i i just downloaded i'm one of the digital people where i downloaded the prompts and then every morning i scroll through and randomly pick one um, yeah. but I've done that every day since mother's day weekend. And, um, it's been such a good gift during this pandemic to just pause and give myself time to think about me and not be overwhelmed by everything in the world that has happened. Right. Because so much, uh, so much of what's going on in the world, which is no different than any other time, right. really, it's just more in our faith mm-hmm. now, uh, with the pandemic is so it's out of our control. Yeah. We don't have any control. We have very little control on a day-to-day basis. 
um, of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's been really important to me to speak to my audience and to any mom that's listening about how to take back control over the things you can control Mm -hmm. instead of worrying about the things that you can't. And so journaling is something that you can control. You can control uh, what you write and when you do it and how much you mm-hmm. write and what prompts you choose. And you're you're in control of your own mindset. It's quite literally the only thing that you have control over, full, absolute control. You have control over your own mindset and no one can take that from you. Nope. And that's what's so beautiful about mindfulness work is that um, no one can take it from yeah. you. You are in full control of you and your mindset. Um, and you're in control of what thoughts you let stay in your head. I yeah. say thoughts are kind of like guests that show up at your door and you have to decide if you let them in or if you ask them to leave. Are they going to become a squatter in your house that you've decided <laughs> to let stay there? Or are they going to knock on the door? You're going to listen to them for a second and be like, I'm not interested and close the door. It's up to you. You get to decide that. That's such a good analogy. Someone needs to go listen. If you haven't heard that before, go hit the read back 30 seconds and listen again. Because, yeah, you get to deserve, you get to pick what gets to stay. That's important. You deserve that right. You're a human. Moms need sometimes permission to to take care of themselves, right? Like, we seem Mm -hmm. to not be able to give ourselves permission if the to-do list seems like we haven't finished it. So do you have pushback on that. What do you say when a mom says, I want a journal, but it's early in the morning and my kids wake up, I can't journal then. And then at the end of the day, I didn't finish everything. So I don't get to take that time. Yeah, that's actually, it's funny you say that because someone just recently said in one of my groups, um, you know, is it okay for me to, and then she, you know, Uh insert self-care thing um, there. If I haven't finished everything that I put on my list that day, And I said, first of all, thank you for asking that question in the way that you did, because the vulnerability is going to help me to answer it for everyone. Mm -hmm. But I said to the group, because I was on a live, Mm -hmm. note the way that she asked, am I allowed? As if it's my job to give her permission to do something that as a grown woman, she has full control over. She has full control over whether she chooses to take care of herself or not. So... If we have full control and we don't need permission, why do we seek it then? And the reason really comes down to conditioning mm-hmm. because we have been conditioned, women in general, but you know, if we're talking yeah. to moms, uh, we've been conditioned our entire lives by the things that we see, the cultures we're brought up in, the society, commercials on television, the comments from different people, everything that goes on in our life to believe yep. that our needs are less important than everybody else's. Everybody else on earth is more important than us. So we're last on the list. So everything else has to be done before we can take care of ourselves. Well, we know that very rarely everything is going to get done because there's always another thing to do. The laundry never there's stops. Always another, yeah. yeah. The laundry never stops. There's always a meal to be made. There's always a snack to give someone. A spill. Someone's always yeah. needing attention. Exactly. There's always there's always a friend in need of you to text back. Mm-hmm. There's always something else to do, meaning that you're never going to be at the end of the list, so you're never going to get to you. 
And instead of thinking of everything else being a list and you're on the bottom, what you need to start doing is separating the two and recognizing that you're your own list. Yep. You, your list separate from the laundry, your work, your spouse, your everything. Those are two separate things. Mm -hmm. And so you can take care of other things and also say, yep, you know, I'm actually going to switch back and forth. So I have a business. I don't say, well, I can't serve my audience today because there's laundry to do. <laughs> nope. I just find a way to do the laundry in one section or tell my kids yep. to do the laundry because now they're old enough to do it. Or, uh, and then I say, and now I'm going to work on my business for this part. I don't say, well, I'm not going to feed my kids for a week because I have a big launch coming up. No, no. <laughs> I figure out a way to squeeze those in to each other. And so the same needs to be said for taking care of ourselves. But I also think that we need to start recognizing where that conditioning yeah. comes from in our own life um, and where the fear comes from. Because a lot of this is based on fear, Absolutely. fear of judgment. I'm, f I'm afraid of being judged. What if I what if I take time for myself and my my mother my sister-in-law, my friend, my, my spouse judges me. What if they think I'm selfish? That's the number one thing that we hear. Um, and you need to start to think about where that's coming from and what you're really afraid of. And what I start to ask myself is if I were my husband, would I have the same feeling? No. Like, and I've had conversations with my husband about We've this, had about, conversations at my house yeah. too. Like yeah. you're sitting here flying your drone. Do you not see the laundry pile in the same way that I do? Apparently, no. <laughs> and and he and you know what? I don't begrudge him that. No, it's such a good lesson does, for me. Absolutely, it's such a good lesson of like, look, he does, and he doesn't feel guilty for flying his drone or playing a no. video game or any of that. It's not like he feels guilty. It's more of, oh, if do you need me to help? I'm sorry. Just let me know, and and I'll right. help. For a mom, if that were the other way around, we'd be like, how did I not see that? How did I not know I was supposed to help? I can't believe I was doing something else. And my kid, you know, skinned their knee. Yep. I wasn't watching. Like, we put everything onto yep. us. We also have to recognize, and this is a whole other conversation, but I'm going to yeah. say this quickly, that we also need to recognize what we're getting from being that way because we don't do anything in life unless we're getting something from it. Mm -hmm. um, so we have to ask ourselves, what am I getting from that behavior? What am I gaining? How am I being rewarded? That's another way. Yeah. To work. How am I being rewarded for being a martyr? How am I being rewarded for not caring for myself? And oftentimes it's because you're, uh, if you're not caring for yourself, then you never have to, uh, you get to be a martyr. You mm -hmm. get to be the one that, that always says, well, I'm the only one that does this. And honestly, in the moment, that feels kind of good. Right. Because I feel right. There's a lot of righteousness that comes with martyrdom. Yep. Like you get to be right and other people yeah, get to be wrong. Yeah, obviously I'm superior. Uh-huh. Yes, exactly. And and we have to, I know I've recognized totally. that. Like when I fall into that, I'm like, oh, that's what that yeah, is. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be, yeah, the gold star, the best of the best. Absolutely. If a mom isn't ready to jump in with journaling and just wants to read a book to help reset her mindset and dabble with it, is there any books that helped you unpack all of this? Because I'm sure when you started motherhood, you were not the mm -hmm. same person. No, not at all. Uh, I read a book about six years ago um, called You Are a Badass that changed my life. Like, I know people say that it's usually like, that's like a hyperbole, mm -hmm. but that book really did change my life. And I have read that probably, I don't even know how many times I probably read it in full 15 times and I've read parts of it like 30 times. Wow. Cause I'll go back to like little sections, you know, and it's an easy, yeah. 
It's an easy read. It's a great audible uh, audio book. I highly recommend people get it on Audible. Um, I will say it's yeah, you know, it's got some adult language in it. If you don't like adult language, don't read the book. Um, but her message is so powerful because it's all about living in your greatness and kind of getting out of that that feeling of I'm not good enough. I can't take care of myself. I can't want what I want in my life. Yeah. And it started to help me shift my mindset in motherhood, in business, in relationships. Um, it's such a powerful book. It's funny. It's so funny. She tells a lot of personal stories and relates everything back to her. It's not preachy. And that's something I'm really conscious of yeah. because I've read a lot of books and they're extremely preachy. Um, and then I try in my business not to be preachy either. I want to bring it back onto me and say, Guys, I'm just a little further in the yep. ahead in the tunnel than you, and I found a flashlight, and I want to show you the way. Not, I don't need to be on a pedestal and tell everyone what to do. <laughs> oh no, yeah, yeah. If anyone ever listens to me, please understand that. Like, I've probably cried in the bathroom about motherhood this past week multiple times. Oh yeah. Like, life is not peaches and creams all the time, and it's a lot of unpacking big ideas and learning how to be fully human together with all these weird personalities in your house like where did they come from I don't know sometimes exactly and as they get older too they start to like develop diff like their personality even changes over time uh -huh. and you're like I was just getting used to the way you were before and now you're a little different now I have to get used to that so yeah it's give ourselves we need to give ourselves some grace in this and say I, I don't know how to do everything and that's okay and I can seek out education yeah. from people who have figured one part of this out so that I can figure that out as well. Yep, and I think that that's a good spot to kind of wrap this up, that that everyone needs to just give themselves grace to keep growing, that that's what I learn from you all the time, um, that we're all just in this process of moving on together and becoming our best self, and that means that we know that we don't have all the answers all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Well, thank you for coming on. Every episode wraps up with a self-care idea and a family play idea. Do you have any self-care ideas, Kendra? Yeah, and mine's a little, uh, mine is not actually an activity or, or like a, oh, go do this awesome thing to pamper yourself. Um, I really want to encourage the moms listening to uh, say no to something today. I love that. Say no. That's great. <laughs> because saying no is a boundary and boundaries are some of the best self-care uh, methods that you can enact in your life. The best strategy that I have for caring for myself is saying no, saying no and setting a boundary. So find one small thing that you can say no to an obligation an expectation, a request, something like that, that you can start to feel into like, Hey, I did that for me. I did that only for me. Even if it didn't make somebody else happy. That yes. is powerful work right there. <laughs> Yes. And it's not going to be easy. So it's okay if it's not easy. Give uh -huh. yourself grace uh, for that. Start with something really, really, really small. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was practicing saying no for the first time and getting comfortable with that word. I, like one of my kids asked me to get them water and I was like, no, your legs are broken. Like, no, I can just say no to water. Like that's so freeing. Like it starts yes, there. Exactly. Yeah. And it feels good to then say, you know, I just set a boundary and and that boundary will then build on another and build on another. But it just starts with one small thing you can say no to 
um, because that is one of the best things you can do to care for yourself. There you go. And so how are you having fun as a family right now in this crazy world? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we love to do is play games as a family, especially having a 13-year-old and a 7-year-old with that big gap. Um, sometimes it's hard to find things to do as a family. For sure. We're, it's getting easier as they're getting older because that the gap tends to lessen mm -hmm. in like what they enjoy. So what we do is play Uno. It's just one of our favorites. <laughs> so simple. But it's fun and we'll play it together and we also will go over to my mom's house because you know yeah. there's so few places to go yeah. or few things you can do now. So we'll go over to my mom's and we'll play at my mom's as well. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and it, like we'll play with my mom or if mm -hmm. my sister's over or something. Uh, it's just so nice because it's like an easy, it's an easy game. Young kids can play yeah. it. It all it requires are cards. It doesn't require yeah. anything else. And we just find it like to be really fun to just be in that moment and uh, you know slam down a pick four and like get the other person gets upset and then you get. It's just fun. It's like good. There's a lightheartedness in Uno. You know, one yeah. time um, I was visiting my husband and he had pulled into road to Spain and I was taking a high speed Spain train across Spain and someone was playing Uno and they said Uno in Spanish. It was like, it was hilarious to me. Yeah. I was like, you're playing Uno and I was waiting for them to say one, but no, they said Uno. Yeah. <laughs> it like Absolutely. cracked me up. So that's my Uno yeah, story. It's fun. It's a fun game. And we, we've also played like Yahtzee and stuff. Just fun, like easy, simple games because it just, uh, for that moment, for that maybe like 20 minutes mm -hmm. that we're just playing, it's like nothing else is important. And we're all just in that moment playing with each other. And that's been really special. That, and I just, I'll add yeah. one more thing is watching movies together. We've actually done more watching movies together during the last three months than I think we have in the last three years. It's been so nice to just find my husband and I have been like having our kids watch movies that we used to like That's when we so were kids. Fun. It's so fun to like introduce them to funny movies. Is there a movie stuff, that so. they enjoyed from your childhood? Yeah, so we just watched uh Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh my gosh. Um, I, my husband loved that movie growing up and so did yeah. I. I loved it. And, uh, my kids just thought it was like the funniest movie. My son just thought it was hilarious and he really liked Jessica Rabbit. Of course. She was very pretty. <laughs> very pretty. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, so it was, it was, yeah, it's been fun to kind of go back to older movies and rewatch them again. And our kids are having a good time. That's fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing. And I hope that everyone goes and finds your podcast and finds you on Instagram so they can keep listening. Thank you so much for having me. I am so thankful for the gift of journaling right now. I've recorded this episode with Kendra about a month ago, month and a half ago, and the gift to journaling keeps giving. If you haven't tried it yet, I really think you should. Now, don't forget to go check out Kendra's podcast, Mother Like a Boss, and find her on Instagram. Okay, have a great week. You are exactly the right mom for your kids and your kids are exactly the right kids for you. You've got this. I am so glad you're here right now in this moment with me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. High five team. And don't forget the tip jar of leaving a rating and review wherever you listen. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.